0: This is the Cherry Leaf Podcast. Hello, it's November 2019. I'm out in London. I'm due to meet somebody who's here to interview me, but I'm going to take the opportunity to... Ask her a few questions about her role and the things that she's doing within technical communication. So join us when we find somewhere quieter to actually do the recording. So I think the best thing is if you say who you are, why you're in London for the next two weeks.
1: Okay, yes, absolutely. So my name is Yvonne Cleary. I'm a lecturer in technical communication and instructional design at the University of Limerick in Ireland, and I'm doing some research at the moment on um, technical communication practice and I guess aspects of the profession that are interesting. And I did my PhD on technical communication in Ireland and uh, I think the situation in the UK is quite different Mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons. And the areas that I looked at in Ireland were specifically The intersections between professionalization and a community of practice. So, I was looking at education, at um, the communities that people have in their work, their status at work and their careers, and also at their sort of the impact of technology and the future. So, within those areas, it seems that Ireland has a similar kind of. Professional practiced in the States in particular because a lot of the research has been done there But I have the impression that things are a bit different in the UK And so I was interested in exploring some some similar questions to those that I explored for my PhD But talking to people who know about the situation in the UK And asking about the career here, the educational paths Or if there aren't educational paths, how people get into the job and how technology is impacting on the job, how the job is changing, those kinds of areas.
0: So is this for a second PhD or for No, no, or... so it's
1: probably will be for a paper, exactly. Right. So um, I'm currently on sabbatical, so I'm gathering data yes. and kind of working out what I will do with it. Um, so it's likely to be for a paper, absolutely, yeah. That's one of the reasons, actually, that I'm meeting Mary McCulloch from Portsmouth. I'm mm-hmm. hoping that she can maybe work with me because she... Sure is involved in the, the area here.
0: And are you still looking for people to interview and talk to?
1: Yeah, sure, absolutely, so if, if you can suggest other people <laughs>
0: that would be helpful. Well that's one thing, but
1: we've also got yeah. the podcast as yes. well, so
0: if you want to say who you'd be interested in speaking to and how they can contact you. Yeah,
1: then. for sure, um, so I guess I'm interested in speaking to anyone who has experience of working in technical communication in the UK. And if they'd like to contact me, the best way to contact me is by email, at yvonne.curry.ul.ie. And people can either participate anonymously, so they don't have to be named and they won't be identified in any way, or they can choose to waive their anonymity if they'd like to be be named in any presentations or, or publications afterwards.
0: As a slight side to that, what is the course that the University of Limerick offers and who are the type of people? to to take that course yeah
1: sure so at UL we have um, two two programs we have a graduate certificate in technical writing Mm -hmm. that's a four module course so I don't know if you have the ECTS system here in the UK but we have a European system where we have modules so people take these four modules and they get a certificate in technical writing and that's distance learning program. so it's very much for people who are working uh, usually working in either a related area or already working as technical writers and who want to sort of certify their Mm -hmm. skills. And mostly we get Irish students on that program, but there are also some students from the UK, from Germany, from different parts of Europe. And because it's distance learning, I guess anyone can take it. Students can come on campus for workshops, but they don't have to, so there's actually no attendance requirement with that program. And then we also have an MA in technical communication and e-learning, and that has evolved over two decades. So initially we had a an MA in technical communication, and then we also had an MA in e-learning. And about 10 years ago we merged those two programs, um, which has worked out really well because... It means that the students know graduates now have two qualifications so they can either go into technical writing or e-learning and a lot of the the roles are related actually you know so people are developing training materials the e-learning side comes in really um, handy for for that kind of work so that program is uh, it began as an on-campus program so students would have to come to you to do it and Over time it has also evolved, so it's now online and on campus, so Mm -hmm. you can either uh, come on campus if that's what you prefer. And every year we get about 10 students who who Mm -hmm. like to do the on-campus programme, particularly students who are coming directly from an undergraduate degree. Mm. And then we get about another 15 or 20 who do the online programme, and those are typically students who are working. Sometimes there are people who are in a different country, so we have a handful of people every year from Europe and the UK. We are still in Europe. I know. (laughs) Uh, I realized that <laughs> just as I said it, I was thinking yikes <laughs> um, so from Europe and <laughs> yeah so there's a, a bit of a mix and uh, we get people who are l- like a lot of parents who had taken some time out or carers who had hmm. taken time out from work and are looking to return to work so they they come onto this MA as a way of doing that and it's um, it's known as a conversion program so. It means that people from any academic discipline, any background can take it. So we get all sorts of people um, some computer science graduates, engineers, um, people from education, especially because they're interested in the e learning side. And then also arts graduates who, who are interested in sort of having a more applied degree. Yeah.
0: So how far are you into the research? Is this the early days or yeah, it's very, through? Yeah, it's
1: very much early stages. Right. So I'm, for the last few weeks I've been sort of working out what I'm going to do and planning and and, and I'm still very much early stages. So yeah. yeah, these are kind of initial interviews to find out as much as I can about the situation in the UK from people who know. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get Okay.
0: So here are the questions that Yvonne asked me. So there were some on the background. So the questions were, what area did you work in before technical communication? When did you first become aware of the field of technical communication? How did you get your first technical communication job? What steps led you to your current position? And what is your current job title? And then there were some questions on education and professional development. What are your thoughts on educational offerings for technical communications in the UK? What training courses are available? In what areas? Have you been involved in any of those courses? How important is a qualification in technical communication? Can people who do not have this qualification do the job equally well? How do qualifications affect the work of the technical communicator and what alternative qualifications are relevant? Do your colleagues have qualifications related to technical communication? What topics do you think would need to be covered in a technical communications curriculum? And then there were some questions on technical communication practice. What types of work do technical authors do in the UK? In what industries and sectors do they most commonly work? In your experience, what are typical daily activities in these roles? What are the most common writing and content development jobs? What are the most common job titles? Are these roles more commonly available in some regions than others? And on communities, is networking important in technical communication and why? What networks exist for technical communicators in the UK? How do these networks support workers? What other supports exist for technical communicators? What is the value of belonging to a professional society? In what ways do you contribute to the profession? How did you become involved in the professional society and why? What traits do you think technical communicators share? And finally, there was a section on the future. What are the most important challenges facing the field right now? How do these affect the field? Do you perceive any threats to the profession and what threats are they? How would you seek to develop the profession in the United Kingdom over the next five years? How do you think it needs to develop? What trends are currently emerging in this field? And finally, how do you see technical communication developing in the future? So if you're interested in taking part, if you're involved in technical communication in the UK and you'd like to speak to Yvonne, let me tell you what her email address is again. It's at ul.ie. Yvonne is spelt Y-V-O-N-N-E, Cleary is spelt C-L-E-A-R-Y, so that's Yvonne.Cleary at U-L dot I-E, U-L for the University of Limerick, I-E for the Republic of Ireland. It'll be interesting to see what she finds out and to see the paper when it's published. Thanks for listening.